the ATB Fantasy Show. I miss you so much. All right, well, let's get this party started. Welcome to the ATB Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Rich Mileto, a.k.a. Bodacious Beer. You can find me on Twitter at Bodacious Beer, all spelled out. And as usual, I'm joined, as always, by my illustrious and famous co-host, Daniel Golden Nugget Martino and Paul, who can't seem to miss Ryan. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm uh, doing great over here in San Diego. Uh, just got back from the dog park, hanging out with the pup. It's been a good day. How nice is the weather out there these days? You know, it's just, this is the weather why I moved to San Diego. It's, uh, it's pretty damn perfect right now, if I don't say so myself. Where'd you move it's from? Tulare. Like, um, it's in between Fresno and Bakersfield. So what's the weather? How's it different from where you're at now? So it'll get to like 30, 30 degrees, 35 degrees, very, never going to get that San Diego, um, a lot more rain and the highs, it'll hit 110, 115 in Tulare. So, oh, so you get more um, extreme weather. You get that desert you extreme get more, stuff. Exactly. Here in San Diego, you know, you have like a month of extreme weather on either end, but the other... Um, the other 10 months are pretty damn perfect. I got you. I got you. Paul, how are you doing, man? How's Texas these days? It's not too bad. Falls in Texas are actually really nice. Falls and winters are pretty good. It can get, there are some really, uh, cold days where it's, you know, almost unbearable, but we don't get too much snow. We get, uh, we'll get some ice, but outside of that, man, it's, uh, the fall and winters are, are really nice. It's, it's the summers that are the pain, man unbearable i don't think you know what unbearable cold is i ought to <laughs> find a way to get your ass up here in january <laughs> hell no take it maybe i'll you know nug and i will take a little road trip and come visit you rich hey that'd be yeah fun. i okay let me ask you because i'm i'm getting a feeling that neither of you guys have much experience driving in or on snow man i hate driving in the rain so you know, I'm not sure how I'd feel driving in snow. I know a couple of years ago, we actually did have some snow here in Texas. It was about one or two inches. And uh, I just remember driving really slow. It wasn't, it wasn't too scary or anything. It was kind of fun just because, of, you know, I didn't slip or anything. I was just kind of coasting my way from point A to point B. But to say I know how to drive in the snow, that'd be a lie. Nugget? No, no experience at all. I actually hate being, I hate being cold with a passion. Um, so I, I don't really go to the snow a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I feel you, man. I, I'm not a fan of the cold either. Let me tell you. But I mean, hell today to go golf and I put long johns on, man, man, <laughs> I did. It was 40. I took today and tomorrow off just to go golfing because it's going to be, it was 44 like today. It's supposed to be mid fifties tomorrow. So that's unheard of. So I took two days off and said, I'm going golfing. So I golfed 36 holes today. I'm sure that was much needed, man. It was. I can't lie. It was much, much needed. And and that will, you know, I keep saying that's the last time for the year, but I, I don't think after tomorrow we should. In all, in all seriousness, 
this upcoming Saturday is deer gun season opener. And ah. historically speaking, I would go up north a little bit. I'd go up to my buddy's dad's place. It's not too far north of here, but um, it, it's more north and, and west. And uh, it's a couple hours away. And I'd go up there and right, you know, starting Friday, I'd be hoping for a light dusting of snow. Because it's a whole lot easier to see the deer with all the brown trees that have no leaves Uh and all the brown leaves on the ground being covered in the snow. And it's a lot easier to track them, too, after you hit them. But uh, so, yeah, this is kind of unheard of. I've also and to give you an extreme example, I've hunted deer opener where it was. I don't remember. God, the one year I think it was 12 below. It was really unseasonably cold. Um, but it's nothing to be in the deer stand at, you know, 12 degrees, 20 degrees, 30 degrees. No, thank you. You know what? I, okay. So if it's like an experience like that, where I'm doing, I could totally do that because, you know, it's, you know, I'm not in there. It's something I'm have to deal with every for a week time. Yes. But I could never live in the snow. Yeah, the uh, the deer stand thing that does get kind of chilly. Um, I usually take naps. You shouldn't, <laughs> but that's what I do. I take naps. But uh, yeah, so I, I'll take the warm weather. It's supposed to drop pretty quickly here. Um, we'll have. I mean, we've already had. Some, I mean, we already had some good snow. But yeah, it would uh, it would be an experience to get you guys in a car up here with a snow, a good snowfall on the ground and. Uh, take you around doing donuts and shitties in the neighborhood <laughs> i've done that as uh, a kid in the in the dirt but not in snow yep. oh it's easier to do in the snow man because you slide all over but what i did in high school is i'd get the freshman in the car and i had a they had power windows it was an old 84 buick Saber, and i'd get that some bitch going and i'd whip it sideways and hit the power windows and just snow them totally got my girlfriend one time so bad i mean just plastered him it was perfect snow fort and i got it going and right as i started turning i started rolling down the windows and right as we got sideways they were down and just pelted them with snow oh she did not look pleased she was kind of semi smirking and laughing because it was funny come on but the dude in the back who had his sunglasses and hat on he thought it was the greatest thing ever he thought that was awesome (laughs) Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it can be, but uh, the the whole, you know, my buddy just bought a snowblower and we were talking about, you know, he wanted a bigger one because he wanted to throw the snow further and, you know, how when it gets windy, like where he, his house is, the one area he, the only way you could do it was basically blow it into the driveway and then blow it again from the driveway because there was nowhere, you couldn't split it. And when it gets windy on the hill I'm on here, I have to do that too. I'll start at the left side or something. And so by the time I get to the middle of the driveway, I'm re-snow blowing or snow throwing the same snow I've already done once. So that type of stuff gets a bit annoying. But anyway, yeah, that's the crappy weather's up here. But enough of that. It's still football season. We got football to watch. We had some interesting games this week. The fantasy playoffs are it's hit or get time at this point. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not I'm not. I am not happy or proud of myself for this year. I'm really not. It's interesting to see how Fantasy Pros ranks my team, but I'm not. 
I'm not impressed with my performance for the year. I, I, I genuinely hope you guys feel a lot better than I do because I'm kind of I'm a bit moody about it. Well, yeah. actually, I don't want to give a spoiler, or maybe we can talk uh, start with the Golden Nugget this week because that's kind of something I want to talk about with my segment. Do you want to start with that now, or do you want to save well, it for later? Well, I tell you what. Let's do this. Let's hit what you're drinking, mm-hmm. and then we'll go right into the Golden Nugget for the week. How's that sound? I like I like it. So, Nugget, what you drinking? Get them out, gentlemen. There's a first time for everything. Get your booze wet. I'm today i know i i'll admit i uh forgot we moved the time and i was on my way back from the dog park whenever you called and i was running in a hurry so i uh i to make a drink but i am on ready to record and have a great episode with man i'll be hydrated with my water uh, well, I, I can't believe you didn't just grab a glass and throw some bourbon in it and call it a day. I can't do it. Uh, I, I, I didn't even have time. Um, wow. But, you know, if you hear me making a drink, in a little, I'll have you take those boots. Okay. All right. Sounds fair. Sounds fair. What's that? Were you asking me or Paul? I was just about to ask Paul what he was drinking. Start with Paul. I want to hear what he's drinking. Well, boys... Truly, no, you know my, my pockets are still hurting, boys. So, like you, Nugget, I'm still I'm drinking water again this week as well. Ooh, if, if drinking water, the cut segment or something because we can't all be drinking water. <laughs> well, I have a bottle of water next to me, but okay, okay. that is not what I am drinking. A buddy of mine gave me this. He hooked me up. I gave him some good fresh beer from um, Toppling Goliath, Studio Sioux, which is pretty popular. But he travels around, and he gets a hold of some good stuff. And he got a hold of this beer. It's from Cross Strain Brewing Company, and that's K-R-O-S Strain. It is called Fairy Nectar Double Dry Hopped Hazy India Pale Ale. <clears throat> Whoa. I am not a big IPA guy. I do like some of the hazies. This is brewed out of Nebraska, by the way. And uh, this is well done. I, I will give it mad props for a double dry hopped, which for you guys that don't know what they, it, it's common to get more hops flavor in a beer to, to dry hop them. What they've been doing is, and I'm going to get the process all screwed up. I should have looked it up. But they're obviously doing it a, a double, but I forget there's something about when they do the, the second or and to dry hop something. They basically, when you make the beer, you know, it sits in the lauder ton. I'm pretty sure it's the lauder ton when they dry hop it. And you'll have, you know, more or less like tea bags like um, of hops and you just soak the hops in there. Dogfish Head's known for their 90 minute, 120 minute because they're dry hopped that long. Um, and it's probably not the lauder ton. It would probably be something before the lauder ton, something during probably cooling maybe. I, I'd have to ask my buddy that brews. But anyway, the double dry hops tend to be not as bitter is where this process came from. So if you're not a big IPA or India Pale Ale guy, um, you might try Hazy. They're a little cloudier, a bit sweeter. Um Sometimes they, you'll see them mixed with all sorts of weird flavors you've heard. I think I've, have I had the milkshakes on here before? The mango milkshake? Not that I can remember. Or the pine, 
Oh, I may have to bust out one of the uh, Brewing Project's milkshakes. But they'll do some funny things with it. There's big debates in brewing circles about adding lactose or not and how hazies are done and blah, blah, blah. My thing is, if it tastes good, I'll drink it. This is very good. Sometimes you hear the hazy Indias called um, juicy. But if you're not a big beer guy, it might be one to try sometime. No worries. No worries. But you wanted to talk about uh, your golden nugget. So let's get into the golden nugget of the week. So we could avoid the DFS this week and actually wanted to talk about uh, I'm in playoff contention in probably the vast majority of my leagues the odd thing is is the teams that I felt like were some of my better stronger teams while they still have a shot at the playoffs are long shots at this point and if I just had to guess how many will actually be in the playoffs and how many won't be um, I'm going to be a bit disappointed and, and it could be because last year I felt like was quite successful and maybe it led me to biting off more than I could chew this year. You know, I had a seven leagues last year, six of them had a playoff style tournament at the end of the year. The seventh one was a national point contender kind of thing. Okay. Um, out of those seven, one missed the playoffs and it was a tiebreaker. Uh, there was five of us competing for the last playoff spot. And it came down to a tiebreaker among all of us, or four of us, I think. And I lost on the tiebreaker. I think I was third on the tiebreaker. Uh, other than that, then I had one that won the championship when I got second. When I got third, the national contending one did okay. Nothing too crazy. Uh, I'm sorry. I I won two championships. I won two championships, got second, got third. um, Didn't make the playoffs. And I can't remember what the other one was, but they, it it was obviously very successful. At least I felt that way. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at the two trophies now, at least anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And this year I, I don't know. And I'm frustrated with myself because, you know, the IR moves and the COVID stuff got in my head. I I had roster issues where if I wanted to not drop guys and move guys back and forth off IR all week, I was picking people up early. So then I was kind of made my bet on my moves. Normally I make more moves. I'm tinkering more. Um, You know, this no news on Nixon thing really kind of hurt because I never did get geo and right there this is why I handcuffed why I didn't handcuff Mixon I don't know you know what we did in this particular league was one less roster spot than before and two two IRs I I don't know if I let that get to me um I don't think I set aside enough time each day to look all the time and I'm just I'm very disappointed in I really felt like I had a couple leagues where I was going to be at the top near the top and instead, I find myself probably missing the playoffs. I I don't think if I if 60 percent make the playoffs, I would say I did better than I thought. And I might not be so down on myself. I think for it to be success, I would argue I would want probably closer to three quarters of my teams making the playoffs. I don't put a lot of success on championships, to be honest with you. I feel like that's the cherry on top. Because most of these are head-to-head, so it's a lot yeah. of luck. And it, it's the work, it's the grind, it's the know-how that gets you to the playoffs. 
you have to have your team built for the playoffs. Like it, it, there's something to be said about looking ahead and building your team for the playoffs if you want to win. But I also know that you can have some, you have one couple of bad weeks from guys, an injury at the wrong time, mid game, and your playoff run is done. I, I lost a first round a couple of years ago with a team that up until this year, nobody had in the 15 years of us running the league had ever come close in points or anything else. The guy this year is going to beat all of that. And I have this funny suspicion since he's undefeated at this point, which has never happened, that either he's going to get a couple of weird losses or he's going to be knocked out first round of the playoffs. But so I don't, point being is making the playoffs is my measuring stick. Which, hey, I did make the playoffs in the Rasmus. Oh, nice, dude. Very nice. That's awesome. Thank yeah, you. see, I maybe hard uh, on myself or as high ex- I feel like if I haven't been just too bored in the quarantine um can make over 50% for me that's the way I look. I don't know if that's not being too hard on yourself or if that's just me that it's constantly I'm expecting that's that's inherently yeah, me though. Got it. I I I I tend to first of all I like to make goals that are tough but can still be attainable and I just typically I I'm a cocky asshole man. I feel like I can talk football and know as much football as any other person out there. So from my perspective in that mindset, I don't think that there should be anybody that I can't beat or have as good or better success at at fantasy. So if, if I'm not making the playoffs three quarters of the time, I feel like I've, I, I haven't done something right. And I'll be frank, you know, I gave you guys a couple of teams and you specific, both of you said, it sounds like you're overthinking it. My wife said the same thing. It, it is number one ranked team in, on Fantasy Pros, which only means so much. But, guys, I'm in third from last. You know? So, and, and let's be honest. There is, I think there is more luck to it than we than any of us want to admit. Would you guys agree or oh, disagree? I, I agree completely. I, I know there is some skill to it. Um, however, you can't predict injuries. And I mean, I had a team, I was so good in this team. Go, I had, uh, Christian, uh, Kenyon Drake and Austin Eckler, the draft picks. And I thought I would do so well, but injured and, uh, Kenyon Drake has significantly underperformed. I'm in second to last or third to last. So I just, I mean, I overall draft pick would obviously be a different story. Something predict. Well, and that happened to me in this particular league, yeah, Mixon exactly. and Chubb. Those are my first mm-hmm. two draft picks. So I didn't have Chubb. Well, I basically didn't have either of them for half the year. Yeah, see, yeah, I'm looking. I'm literally looking at it right now. I'm in second to last place. So, Paul, what would what would be successful for you? I in think fifty percent um, making the playoffs is is about right. I um, 
like kind of like you, Rich, I think that uh, making the playoffs is a successful season. And then, you know, winning the championship, it's not it's not the easiest thing to do, but that is obviously the ultimate goal. But that that really is the cherry on top. But um, I think if you made it to the playoffs, you had a successful season. Yeah, I would agree. Well, I, I'm going to have to adjust for next year, um, whether that be a better notebook plan, a better spreadsheet plan. One thing I am going to push for is I'm going to push for waivers clearing on Wednesdays instead of Tuesdays. Oh. Um, I kind of like how Johnny has it in our league where it's kind of at, at that night. So you have during the day to put it in and it's not, or no, ours does happen overnight. Doesn't it? There's two other leagues in where they happen at like eight o'clock Eastern time, nine o'clock Eastern time. Um, I get why people do it in the middle of the night. So there's not as much thinking around, but I kind of like the idea of knowing at 10 o'clock or at 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, you could go in and look at the free agents. Yeah, I, I... So, and, and I think the injury news on Wednesday has been crucial. So, that's something I think will help because I think that extra day, you know, you watch Monday Night Football, you kind of gather your thoughts on Monday, you watch Monday Night Football, and really Tuesday you're kind of straightening things out. I think we need that extra day of news. I think that would help, but I, I've got to, I'm going to have to orphan off or get out of a couple of these leagues. I, I did because I really do want to do that, that new league in the off season, just because there ain't dick to do in the off season for me. So I feel like doing a draft in the off season, isn't the end of the world. I'd agree. Even if, even mm-hmm. if it takes two and a half months. Eh, I won't take that long. I'll give it four <laughs> Depends weeks. Depends on the people. But I tell you what. I tell you what, though. IDP is a lot of flipping fun. Uh, it's not my favorite. Oh, I am really enjoying it. I can't lie. Interesting. And I don't <laughs> really know why. Um, I don't know if it's because I went early in some of my drafts or that I feel like I've built some good defenses on all my teams, but I... I have really enjoyed IDP. I mean, watching a game and being like, oh, yeah, dude's got a tackle. That's what's up. Uh, I, will... I enjoy it. Paul, do you do, Paul, do, you uh, do I'm, only, I'm only currently in two, and I definitely enjoy them. I uh, I think they're fun. I like the added element of uh, strategy, and it just gives you another position to root for and stuff. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Well, is there any – do you guys want to continue this topic some more? Or should we get into our hits and misses? I say we get into our hits. Uh, I bet you did enjoy that because that was that was some Rams defense yeah. right there. Defense win championships. I'm very all right. Boom. Let's hit our hits and misses. All right, hits for the week. Paul nailed Teddy Bridgewater, and that one makes me somewhat salty because I was having a debate with the guy over Herbert or Bridgewater, and he was all on Bridgewater, and I said for me it's automatic because of the way the points have gone for Herbert. Luckily, Herbert did outscore Bridgewater, but I did not see that coming. That was a good call, Paul. Uh, Nugget nailed Mike Davis. Mike Davis was a bit of a flop this week at 30th. Um, I I don't know if it's a hit or miss. Chase Edmonds was RB2 for the week. Um, Swift was a better play. Davis was not. Um, T. Higgins, I said watch out for T. Higgins. T. Higgins looks the part, and I'm bummed that I had a chance to get him in a league and didn't, so I'm kind of – Kind of salty at myself right now. Um, misses. 
Jonathan Taylor did not bounce back. He was 35th. Travis, Travis Fulgham, he had a rough one. I think Bradbury was on him. That could be why. Um, he was 93rd. Nuggets misses. Tyler Lockett, uh, he was 32, but in all fairness, he did beat Woods and Cup, who were 48 and 39. So maybe that one's more of a push. Uh, Adam Thielen just missed the top 12. He was 13th. He had a, a better game than we thought. Uh, Mark Andrews was I way off on him. He was tight end one for the week and Tua just missed the top 12. He was 15th on our prop bets here. Um, Tannehill over 243 and a half. That was a loss that if you guys watch that, he was ugly. Um, he just got over on the rushes. He was nine yards for rushing. So it was a win on the eight and a half over Taylor did have 11 and a half over on receiving Burton had 24 yards receiving, so the over at 24 and a half was a miss. And Burton did have, uh, I think he had four catches. He had three or four catches, but he had the over on the uh, receptions. Yeah, a half yard difference there, Nug, that and that's four that out of five, right? Hurt, man. Right um, the, yeah, but the, the, the hedge bet or the, the bold bet when I said, you know, it pays off well if you hit. And, and I say hedge because I was trying to bet against what I needed, which was Taylor. Um, Taylor was under on the 10 and a half rushing attempts. He was at nine, I believe. Yeah. Paul's games to invest in Houston and Cleveland under is what Paul said. Usually we want to invest in these games. This one was not one to invest in, but it hit the under at 17. Great call on the under. Um, Tampa Bay versus Carolina 47 was the under. That was a great game to invest in as they hit 69 points. Uh, Buffalo versus Arizona. We said under. Paul said under. It was over at 62, but hell of a game to invest in. Games to avoid. Indianapolis versus Tennessee. It did hit over at 51. That was a tough game to watch. Good call, Paul. Uh, Philly versus Giants. It was a push at 44. Oddly, Daniel Jones was actually a good play for the week. So, shame on me. Seattle versus the Rams, they hit under. They were only 39. That was also an ugly game to watch, and I think all of us were nervous about that one. Lot. Not as a fantasy, but as a Rams fan, that was a I don't disagree with that, and, you know, defenses keeps you in games, and as long as you got an offense to put up points, you, win, I'm not... you know. So, Paul, why don't you lay down your uh, – Inside out, top 12. So at uh, number one, a quarterback, Mr. Alex Smith, he's currently ranked 22nd this week. He's uh, facing the Bengals defense. That's allowed the second most fantasy points to QBs the last two weeks. I think Mr. Alex Smith outscores Matt Ryan, who is currently ranked eighth. And then a running back app. Yeah. Hold on, Paul. So I trust in you so much. I am going and picking up Alex Smith in a league. Right now, where I have Burrow and I had Lutton and I dropped Lutton for Carr, and I'm going to go get Mr. Alex Smith because I really don't want to play Mr. Burrow. is going up against um, – yeah, I saw a stat um, earlier today that seven – or like Burrow has 12 passing TDs and seven of those have come against um, – I believe it was like the Browns or something like that. So, yeah, you know, yeah. take that however you want. So you think he outscores Matt Ryan? Well, I, I tell you what, I'm going to put uh, I'm going to roll. with. You know, it might Alex be bold Smith for some people, ball. but um, I believe Alex Smith, the Falcons are facing a uh, 
an underrated defense this week. Let me double check that. Just I'm just curious now because I thought I Falcons I thought I had it. They're Saints. Okay, yeah, the Saints have been their defense has come alive, and now without uh, Mister Mister Drew Brees, you know Jameis Winston. Um, I could see the uh, Saints maybe uh, putting more of an emphasis on the run, trying to protect protect Jameis and the way their defense is playing, kind of slow playing it a bit because this is a uh, you know this is a big a big game this week and another division rival and they're they're only one game ahead of of Tampa Bay, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a bit of an ugly game. No, I understand. Yeah, that. but they got the tiebreaker, so really they're so they're they're really two. I I feel yeah. where you're coming from. I'm just saying they do have the tiebreaker, so they. They, they have a, an have edge, a, uh, but you never know, man. I'm gonna say, yeah. But actually, uh, right. I guess these—I don't know if these rankings change. But excuse me, Matt Ryan is ranked ninth, so not—he's not ranked eighth. He's ranked ninth, so I apologize for that. But I do believe Alex Smith will outscore Mr. Uh, Matt Ryan. Yeah, I guess I don't. Uh, I'm not sure how, how often you guys look at fantasy pros rankings, but I—I could have swore when I did these rankings yesterday that. That Alex Smith was ranked 22nd, and that uh, Matt Ryan was ranked eighth. I guess they maybe they they rank, they update him every single day or something. So I, I apologize for that, guys. Well, so the, no, it, it probably did get updated because the way Fantasy Pros does right. it, they have that ECR rating, which is based off the rankings Intentions, of right? the um, riders. Okay, you can also right. You can also pick specific writers so like when i look at the rankings i actually typically mm-hmm. just select the top 20 ranking guys because they seem to be the ones yeah. that have been kind of on point for the year um that isn't always best i have found really the best rankings are when i go through and pick i just it doesn't save it like mm-hmm. if you go through and pick the writers you like it doesn't necessarily save it because i always had last year i had a group of probably yeah. 15 that i used on a regular basis that i really liked um, that could, that could be why it could be another reason I struggled this year. I didn't mm-hmm. little things like that. I took the shortcuts and it never, if you're going to have an edge in this sport or this game, you can't be doing the shortcuts. You got to be doing it. Exactly. You know, yeah. Right. As best you can. So I don't doubt it. I have no doubts that it's changed, Paul. I think that happened to me one time too. But now Paul has me, my quarterback spot. For one of my leagues. Yeah. <laughs> I am just, I'm just, uh, you know, sharing how, sharing how I feel, man. I, I, I'd love to help you boys if I can, but if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll accept that, and I'll take full responsibility for your losses, man. <laughs> well, I've got to go. I've got yeah. to get a win. I'm going against the number one guy in the league, and the only way I, I got you. Yeah, so wins are, are key this week. So, I hear that. Well, in fact, I, I thought I made a smart play. I struggle at quarterback, and I used my waiver spot. Mm-hmm. Their waiver spot. I was a nice smart this move. past week. And ah, yeah, and I still lost by two because I didn't play Godwin over Chark. I could have played Godwin over actually all three of the receivers I played all scored about the same. Um, so yeah, and I, I mean I only lost by two points, so that was kind of a bummer. But now the real kicker is. Then Breeze got hurt. I would have mm-hmm. used that waiver spot on Winston in a heartbeat. You guys know how I feel about Winston. They go, well, the guy that beat me because I took his waiver, he jumped up and he ended up with Winston. So, number and, two, uh, I well, have a on. running back. I've talked about a couple here, of times, I feel like, on the show, but Mr. Running Back Damian Harris, Damian, Damian Harris, excuse me. 
He last I checked, he was twentieth. Uh, he's facing the Texans, who have given up over three hundred rushing yards and two rushing TDs and. 400 total yards to running backs the last couple of weeks. So I like that matchup. We've seen Damian Harris kind of uh, – he's rushed for over 100 yards in two of his last three games. And then in three of the games where he started, he's rushed for over 100 yards. I think Mr. Damian Harris will outscore Aaron Jones, who is ranked fifth. Yeah. Woo, that's bold. Now let me ask you this. Where were you getting the info on the last couple of I was using the uh, very helpful site. Fantasy points. Ah, uh-huh. I have fantasy points. So is there a strength of schedule? Or where, I, I guess I haven't seen. Um, go to fantasy points against. Out. And it's, uh, yeah, NFL fantasy points against. Uh, NFL okay. fantasy. And I do just want to point out okay. that um, Damien had though that 20 yards game last week against a good Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So, um, that is – Yes, really, he did. really like that play there, uh, Rich. Uh, not Rich, I like Paul. Uh, thanks, I appreciate that. Uh, and then at uh, number three, Mr. Wide Receiver Jacoby Myers, who was ranked 36th, averaging 10 targets per game the last three weeks. I think he's uh, taken over the wide receiver one role there in New England. Has He's developed some really good chemistry with Cam Newton. I think uh, Mr. Jacoby Myers will outscore Chase Claypool, who is ranked 12th. I tell you what, I, I'm 100% with you. Myers has been absolutely on fire. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's turned into what yeah. I was hoping or thought Harry Yeah, was. I was kind of surprised really at has. Nikhil Harry, the season that he's having, man. He was... He was uh, had some mixed reviews there in camp, and but for the most part, it seemed like towards the end, getting closer to the season, that it sounded like he was out of shape and things like that. And you know, we didn't hear too much about Jacoby Myers. We didn't see a lot of Jacoby Myers even early on in the season. I know he came on strong last year towards the end of the season, so it's it's nice. I always kind of uh, you know root for those underdog story guys, and it's nice to see you know New England has a uh, history of of. Uh, turning those guys into success stories. So it's been cool to see. And, and you know, I, I moved Jacoby at the beginning of the yeah. year. I'm just, it's the only spot I had him in, and I'm, I'm really salty about that. Yes, but sir. And then at Sleeper, is is. I have a, a Mr. Running Back, Naheem Hines. Again, when I did these, he was ranked 22nd, but he's facing the Green Bay Packers, who have given up over 550 total yards and six TDs to running backs over the last four weeks. And we saw what uh, Naheem Hines, the role that he played on Thursday night against the uh, Tennessee Titans there. I feel like maybe we're going to start to see him getting um, maybe more of a, uh, I don't want to say workhorse role, because I don't know if he if he has the size to be a, a, a true workhorse, you know, a, a workhorse that we, we know and love, but, you know, he, he was looking good in between the tackles, and of course he's a good out he's a good pass catcher and he, he seems to have a nose for the end zone, even down there in the red zone and around the goal line. So uh, I I'd like uh, Mr. Naheim Hines this week as well as a sleeper. I feel you. Nug, do you want me to go I'm, ahead I'm and do mine or actually you ready? I wanted to touch on something that I've noticed that um I do with a lot of these picks is the first before and I feel like uh, Paul did the same as I look defenses and then i look for proven players is that is that what you do as well mm-hmm. uh, i couldn't hear you sir well you said what is it you say you do i i look for bad defenses 
Bad defenses. I, I want to target the teams that have defenses, and then I focus on proven players playing against those defenses. Do you, you listen? I, I definitely look at the defenses for sure, and then I look at uh, I'll look at how those defenses have performed against you know say running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks the last two weeks, and then the last four weeks in the season overall. But yeah, I, I definitely target bad defenses for sure. God, I got it. I, I do the same thing. In fact, I look for surprise play against bad defenses. Um, you know, for example, the Alex Smith call is is sharp because, first of all, they aren't known as a power running team. They've been known to kind of throw it around a little bit, and that's where that defense is soft, and he's a starting quarterback. I mean, there's nothing that says he can't be good for 20 fantasy points on any given week, you know, mm-hmm. and yet he's ranked way down at the bottom. Um, you know, I did that. I do that article for Pro Football Mania, and – with the hidden gems. And that's exactly what I'm looking for. You know, this past week, I really didn't do well outside of the running back. And what's ironic there is the running back was, I mean, it was slim pickings, man. But at the time, Gallman was only 28% owned and Malcolm Brown was only 20 some percent or less than that. And because of who they were playing, I suggested if you needed a guy to play, those were the guys to use. Gallman was a money play and Brown he definitely out exceeded expectations. I mean, if you had Acres or Josh Kelly, you were better off picking up Malcolm Brown, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, in all fairness, Mal- Malcolm Brown outscored Melvin Gordon and Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Nug. So, who you got for your inside out here, bud? Justin Jeff. and I thought I. I mean, he's been he's been killing it. He he is competing for top of this is damn good uh i think he's he's definitely in the team for personally if not right there at number one he's really just taking job at it so far um if we take a look at games over 100 plus yards and we take a look at those games they came against not the best defenses tennessee and atlanta but then tweak he went off against Chicago, the who, Bears. Has been doing, who has been doing good at um, holding quarterbacks and wide receivers to low points. So I think he's going to be able to do the same this week um, just because, I mean, like I said, we're targeting a defense that hasn't uh, done the best in the Cowboys and a player that has kind of proven himself that he can do it. So I think he has uh, the stuff to uh, jump in the top 12 this week. So uh, Mr. Jeffster Jefferson here is a sore spot for me, man. (laughs) Why? So this past week I had a lead going into Monday night, and I had Allen Robinson going. Mind you, I played Herbert over Brady, and I have Nick Chubb on that team. Oh, geez. The Bears – Gained one first down in the entire second half, so you can imagine what uh, Allen Robinson did. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, uh, he, the guy I was going against had Jefferson and the Vikings defense. He won by 5.8 points. Ugh. Hey, wait, hey, wait, wait, hold up, hold up. Didn't Chubb almost score a touchdown? <laughs> yep. yep. So I said it was – it was all the way around because when he when that happened, I was like, I don't blame him. I, there was two thoughts that went through my head. 
How pathetic are we that with 55 seconds left, you're afraid to have a 10-point lead? I get it. Two touchdowns is possible. But I'm sitting here going, you can't defend one touchdown for 55 seconds. You're that worried about it. But, hey, a Browns win's a Browns win. And I even tweeted out Monday morning, who out there had a loss because he took, you know, less loss by less than six points. I know you're out there. Yep. Ended up yep. being you. And and for all I know, this is going to lead to me playing in a dress, man. I'm going to end up hosting the draft <laughs> in a dress. Ah, uh, that is this year. Oh, no way. Oh, that's man, that's going to be greatness. I can't wait to see that. Uh, fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you got next, Nug? No- oh, okay, okay, okay. I was going to say, feel free to send them my number to help pick out the dress for you. <laughs> Oh, right. I'm, I'm sure. All right. So for me, um, I don't. I don't care which one it is. I'm hoping it's Winston, but I'm saying the Saints keep the quarterback for the Saints. Um, it's gonna be Winston. Breeze, Breeze is out at least two weeks. Okay. Good. Just I just I wanted to make sure because I think whatever quarterback it is is gonna be go off. I mean, it's it's Atlanta's defense. What what do they do? I mean, what have they done for the last? Four years, five years. I mean, it could be even farther, so, as far as I can think of. I, I, I would love Paul to pull up his little info here in the last two weeks because, oddly enough, Nug, that last two, three weeks of this defense, four weeks, has been literally 100% better than it was the first four weeks of the season. I am Ooh. not discounting your, your, your pick. I am not saying you are wrong. I am just saying don't – I've noticed – this is something I've noticed the last two years – Whatever defense is, for example, at the beginning of the year, people are telling you play can even when Miami looked better to play your guys against Miami. Now it's wow. If you didn't grab Miami the last week or two, you're fucked because they have a, a great schedule coming up and they're getting it done. Last year, the Steelers defense started out rough and I get it. They got that trade with Fitzpatrick, but then they went on a tear. You got to look at the last month or so for the defenses because they, whether it's injuries, whether it's coaching changes, whether it's schemes, um, I have been burned by going. Well, perfect example. Last week, I thought for sure Jordan Aikens would would at least be good for a touchdown or fells. Neither of them did much against the Browns. At the beginning of the year, Browns couldn't stop a tight end. Your grandma could be playing tight end would score a touchdown. <laughs> well, I went back and looked the last few weeks. They went from they're now like mid pack. They're like I don't know thirteenth, eleventh something like that against the tight end in the first month of the year, they were like 32 or 28. So you might want to check that. I'm not saying you're wrong because I'm kind of expecting the same thing, but I do think we need to note that Atlanta's defense has not been a sieve that it was at the beginning of the year. Well, I guess more so for me is on uh, Winston because I mean, we've seen him do, and now he's going to be able to, uh, get back in there. He's fighting for a spot. I think he's just going to be able to chuck the ball. That's what I'm leaning towards um, and what I uh, saw with the bad defense. But thank you for pointing that out. I think it's something I need to consider and uh, add a little more into my uh, research. What were you going to say, Paul? I was going to say the last two weeks, um, they the Falcons are the third worst against the quarterbacks. Okay. And then the last four weeks they are eleventh. So it's a uh, it's a very tempting play, but they have definitely improved. 
Okay. Good to know. And what do you got next there, Mr. Nugget? Well, so I have Jared Cook. And it's kind of for the same reasoning, but uh, now I, uh, I'm i a little worried with uh, what you said, and I got to do some more uh, research to look at that's uh, going to be my uh, – how confident I am that now. Because, I mean, it, it, that's a good point. I mean, not – it's that recency bias that um, – people see like okay in the beginning of the year they weren't doing they were that easy scoring again they were crap they were crap right but you know you associate that for the rest of the year right and that's not always the case and and that's that's a good thing to point out um but i also see i don't want to cheat and give it away but i see somebody else has him on their uh their list and i think they have some great um points about it so, boys, just to offer some assistance here, the last two weeks, tight ends facing the Atlanta Falcons defense, five targets, five receptions for 63 yards. Yep. They have been. They have continued to be soft against the tight end, um, which I guess we might as well just hop into it. I did have Jared Cook on my list. No, but, but I get that, that was total, like, for the last two weeks combined. Oh, combined. So, they've been, they've been stingy then. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, it's something to note here. I, I obviously was looking different. Um, I just felt like that with my upside on Cook is more that Winston's in there over Breeze. If you've watched the Saints games, Cook Cook has been out there. I mean, he almost had a touchdown, fumbled it, and then you didn't see him the rest of the game. And then he had a bonehead play the following week, and you didn't see him much of the game. Um I think I think in this game that they they do need Cook, but I tell you what, that is not that is not fun info to have, Mister Paul. <laughs> Five for sixty three in two games is not exactly something. I'm hoping for that from one game. Yeah, exactly. So I, uh, you know, maybe we need to take a look at that. We'll we'll come back and maybe Nugget and I both get burned on this one. Um, I just look where they're ranked and all that. Ebron's ahead of him. Gusecki's ahead of him. I don't trust those guys. And and every time I don't trust Ebron, he goes off. So everybody listening, I don't trust Ebron. Put him in your lineup. Um, Gusecki, I'm not trading him. I shouldn't say that. I would trade him for the right offer. But I don't know if he's at his value. I don't know what he is. He may be a tight end that we just never get what we want from. So I, I'll take my chances with Cook, honestly. And I overlapped with you here, Mr. Paul. I, I'm with you on Jacoby Myers. He's been such a target machine. Houston has just been terrible. They're 11th worth against the past. And I, and I said the same thing too, Paul. I wouldn't sleep on Damian Harris against Houston. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm with you on those two guys. Um, funny, we, we definitely all had a little bit of overlap and, I don't think either of us saw each other's picks ahead of time, which I find interesting. Great minds think alike, so, right? Right. I just don't want group think, damn it. You guys are supposed to disagree just to disagree and get angry at me. That's how the life works. <laughs> well, yeah, you disagreed with me a little bit today. Yeah, that's. I try to. Yeah. I don't want to be stale. Um, here we go for the props. Now, I, I can't believe this. They're saying Hopkins, the score is plus 105. That that tells me they don't think he's going to necessarily score. Okay, fair. But they still had an over-under at like 89 yards for him and like five and a half catches. 
Maybe it was six and a half catches. I don't know. I, I got to believe that if he has seven, six or seven catches, one of them is going to be for a touchdown or attempted touchdown. So I'd love the bet at plus 105. You're getting even money back. I mean, 50-50 shot that Hopkins scores? I don't know. I like that bet. Um, Edmonds receiving yards, look, that is probably right around what he's going to get. If he doesn't hit the over at 19 and a half, I bet you he's all of – yeah, he had a couple of games where it was 9 or 10, but I bet you he's all the 17. Um, I'm hoping more like 22, 23. You're going to be sweating that one all game. But it's, you know, it's only minus 112, so it's close to even money. Um, Drake over on the receiving yards at 7.5. This is somewhat of a long shot. If you go look at what Drake's done receiving, they have not thrown to him. I don't know why. I don't know if that's a Kyler Murray thing or design of the offense, because personally, if I had Drake and I had Edmonds, I'd be thrown to both of them more. I mean, between the two of them, you're only looking at 30 yard, less than 30 yards receiving for a total on the over-unders. And Vegas knows what's up. Um, but what I like, it's plus 110. Again, you're getting more than even money back. He's probably going to be right around there. You're going to be sweating it. Um, I don't love all of these. None of these are locks, so I won't be surprised if I have a little bit less wins next week. But all of these are better odds to bet on. Um, I feel good. At least these first three I did feel much better about. I, I, the Drake on the over seven and a half, you'll be sweating it. Uh, both Drake and Edmonds on rushing. Depends on how risky you want to get. Uh, Drake's at 47 and a half. Edmonds is at 23 and a half for minus 118 and minus 112. Minus 118 on the Drake over. Um I'm still taking the over on both of them. I get Seattle stops the run, but I think Arizona's going to spread the field out a little bit. I think you're going to see maybe less runs, but more running lanes. Um, and then this is just a fun bet. Wilson over on two and a half passing touchdowns at plus 110. It's it's kind of a, again, none of these are slam dunk ones. Ones where I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty confident you're going to win these. These are all real close, but I think they're fun bets that'll pay well. So, I'll take Wilson on the over at two and a half. I think he's good for three. We'll see. That's what I got on the props. Paul, what do you got, man? Yes, sir. So the games to invest in. Game number one is New England at Houston. The point total is 47 and a half. I believe that's going to go over. Uh, New England is averaging 25 and a half points on the road. And Houston is averaging 24 and a half points at home. So, you know, just just so a couple of notes I've been using or trying to uh, see how uh, if I can maybe be a little bit more accurate with, you know, doing some number crunching up. This is, I'm only using two of the last games. Maybe that's not a big enough sample size, but I thought that might be a, uh, a good way, a good place to start. And then next I have Dallas at Minnesota. The uh, point total is 48. I have that going over. Now, here the points don't really make sense if, you know, based on the uh, – the system that I'm using, because currently Dallas is only averaging six points on the road, and the uh, Minnesota Vikings are averaging uh, 28 and a half points at home. But the thing is, though, it's we're we're seeing the Dallas Cowboys offensive line starting to get healthy, and apparently there's been uh, talks that Andy Dalton is starting to look really good there in practice. So I have a feeling that this game could be a uh, a sneaky shootout. I, I think these Dallas wide receivers might come back to life for for, for us fantasy players this week. And that great because I'm going against CD Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> if Dalton Schultz is on your uh, on your waiver wire, baby, add him if, if he's there, or Michael Gallup. 
Uh, Schultz was there. I almost did add him. Um, again, it's I, I got to get rid of then Slayton, Gordon, or Fournette. And I just love Slayton's schedule this last half yeah. of the year, man. I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna want to play him, and he's got some upside. I mean, Daniel Jones finally looks a little mm-hmm. bit better. Again. Yeah, he definitely does. So, anyhow, now I'll be curious to see this when it comes to the Dallas. I, I take note of what you. Speak I appreciate there, Paul. that. And then the last game I'm investing in it's the Kansas City Chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders. The point total is at 56 and a half. I'm. I have this game going over and Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs are averaging 39.5 points on the road, and Las Vegas is averaging 28.5 points at home. So, you know, based on that math there, I think that has a pretty good chance to be a, a, a shootout. We, we saw we saw a pretty big uh, a, a pretty big point total their last matchup where Las Vegas actually upset Kansas City in Kansas City. So I'm kind of expecting the same thing. Maybe maybe Kansas City wants some revenge on their uh, division division rival there. And then last but not least, here are the uh, games to avoid. I have Cincinnati at Washington. The uh, point total is 46.5. I actually have this going over. However, I'm not really sure, um, you know, as far as Cincinnati goes, I don't know if you want to invest too much in Joe Burrow fantasy-wise. You know, T. Higgins has been on a tear, but maybe he'll be brought back down to earth. And it doesn't sound like Joe Mixon will be playing. So if you're, I guess if you're looking to start somebody from the Bengals, maybe it'll be Joe Bernard. And then, uh, of course, I talked about Alex Smith. I, could, I think we'll see him throw a couple of touchdowns, and maybe Antonio Gibson will have another big week. But as far as the math goes there, Cincinnati is averaging 18.5 points per game on the road, and Washington is averaging 23.5 points at home. So I'm not sure if this will be a, a shootout. Uh, again, that's 46.5 point total. I think it's going to be under – or excuse me, I think it's going to be over, excuse me. And then at Philadelphia at Cleveland is the next game. Their point total is 45 and a half. And again, I have that going over. Um, but that being said, you know, we're starting to see Carson Wentz. I mean, there's a lot of questions about this guy. He doesn't even look like he knows what he's doing or if uh, he's even going to be the, you know, be, be the quarterback the following week. I mean, we might see Jalen Hurts get the uh, second half nod, depending on how his first half goes, the way Carson Wentz has been playing lately. Uh, as far as the math goes, Philadelphia is averaging 23 points per game on the road, and the Cleveland Browns are averaging eight points per game at home. Again, that's been a couple of bad weather games there for the Browns, so you got to take those numbers with a, a grain of salt. But, uh, again, a game that I'm not really looking to invest in, but I do have it going over the point total. And then last but not least, it's Miami at Denver. The point total is 45. Again, I have this one going over. We've seen – uh, Tua and the Miami Dolphins often starting to uh, starting to click. Tua's looked really good going 3-0 in his last three starts. And the Miami Dolphins are averaging 33.5 points per game on the road, and Denver is averaging 23.5 points per game at home. We're even starting to see a little bit of, a, you know, Drew Locke and Jerry Judy, they're starting to connect. But I think that Miami defense is going to be just a little bit too much for them. Um, I, I don't know if I would – feel comfortable starting Judy or Drew Locke this week. I'm not really sure who on the Broncos offense I would feel comfortable starting in in fantasy, but, you know, maybe the Miami defense will have a, a big game, and I see uh, Tua continuing his hot streak. I feel you. Well, I got a question for you guys. So at this time of year, you know, it's, it's time to hit or get, right? You, you got to start winning, pull off some games. 
at this point it's it's week to week right i mean you're you're grabbing players if you're grabbing players for the future down the the road don't get me wrong but the the stash and hope guys there's less of them and it's more of i need this guy to play now for example Balaj was still available in a lot of leagues out there right and i'm sure he's getting he got picked up on waivers this week what are some players you guys would be willing to drop in order to add Balaj to your team? Oh. Kalen Balaj, man, such an interesting, <laughs> interesting player yeah. there, man. Well, well, here, here's the deal. And the reason I pick him is he's a guy that's filling mm-hmm. in for a starter's role. It's probably only short term. How short, short term, we don't know, but let's just say three weeks. Okay. Justin Jackson went on IR. So it's at least three weeks for Justin Jackson, but Eckler might come back sooner than later. But here again, they were using Jackson and Eckler, but Balaj has basically been a guy that's been good for what? 15, 17 touches, the occasional touchdown, both, both run and and pass. So, I mean, a tier below your bell cow, but a back that it's probably starting if you have on your roster right now for the week. Right. So with making the playoff push, are you willing to move somebody like Melvin Gordon for him? Are you willing to move somebody like Michael Gallup? Yeah, uh, is this redraft or dynasty? Oh, okay. Talking yeah, redraft here. Just redraft. For sure. Just I redraft. would, uh, shallow rosters. Man, I think I'd, I'd feel comfortable, I guess, moving Michael Gallup. But even then, I'm like, with with Andy Dalton looking good and we're seeing the Dallas defense just looking better. And I, I think that, uh, you know, I'm not saying that the Dallas is going to be, they're going to be world beaters or anything, but I think we're, we'll see the offense that we were hoping to, to see all year, you know, maybe a, a glimpse of what we saw the first four weeks when Dak was at, at quarterback. And I like the chemistry there that Andy Dalton and Gallup had that, uh, that second half and the Giants game when, when Dak went down with injury. And then we even saw, the last two weeks with Danucci and with um, with Garrett Gilbert, that it seemed that the uh, coaching staff was wanting to get Gallup more involved. So I'd be a little bit hesitant to do that, but you know you got to make those championship-winning moves. It's just I'm wondering because Austin Eckler is supposed to be coming back soon, and then of course they still have Joshua Kelly. I don't know if I would be willing to trade an asset that could help me, you know, two weeks from now for a guy who's so- only going to help me win this week. So, I mean, I'm just looking at this week's rankings on Fantasy Pros, okay? And here's some guys that are ranked around him for the week, okay? Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris, Todd Gurley, CEH, Ronald Jones, Duke Johnson, Salvin Ahmed, Gio Bernard, Kenyon Drake, Mark mm-hmm. Ford, Leonard Fournette, Chase Edmonds, Jonathan Taylor. All right, so we're going down here pretty low. I don't think I'm dropping Taylor to grab him. Um, McKissick? Dobbins, Henderson, Malcolm Brown, Burkhead, Lindsey. I'm probably keeping Lindsey. Hines, Gus Edwards, P. Ryan, Le'Veon Bell. These are all people that are right, right. That's why I'm saying these names. Latavius Murray, Mark Ingram, Jamal Williams. I mean, I guess, I guess what you would probably do is maybe look at some receivers to drop because receivers are a bit easier to, to replace. I'm just wondering because I think you know this is a part where people really struggle especially in redraft leagues, you know, at dynasty, this is a whole different animal because you're, you're looking for two years down the line, not Mm -hmm. the next two weeks, but you know, I mean, let's just look outside the top 24 here in receivers. 
Devontae Parker, Brandon Cooks, Christian Kirk, Mike Williams, Jerry Judy, Jacoby Myers, Marvin Jones, Jamison Crowder, C.D. Lamb, Antonio Brown, Jarvis Landry, Travis Fulgham, Curtis Samuel. I mean, I don't know if I'm even dropping guys like that. Like, I would, you know, I got outbid anyway. But for the life of me, I couldn't figure out who to drop in order to grab Balaj. And I need wins right now. You know? Who's on your um, waiver wire running back-wise other than Balaj? I mean, my other running backs, I mean, I've got Chubb, Fournette, James Robinson, Mixon, and then uh, Gordon. So I was looking at – and what I, so I was looking at him and Pittman. So I was looking at receivers to drop. I probably would have been willing to drop Crowder for Balage, and that would have worked for the week. Like I said, I got outbid anyway. Uh, Malcolm Brown's out there. Uh, A.D., Gus Edwards, Josh Kelly, Mark Ingram, Tony Pollard, James White, Jordan Wilkins, Frank Gore, Carrion Johnson, Deion Lewis. It's pretty trashy, man. Pittman went. I could have gotten Pittman for free, but I just didn't feel like – I felt like Crowder uh-huh. had a better matchup this week. And maybe Pittman does go off again because Alexander's on Hilt. I don't know. Oh, man. I uh, I just worry that – I mean, if this is like a must-win week, then I can see it. I could see making that move. I just uh, – after that, I mean, it sounds like Eckler might be back next week, so that's what I'm concerned with is losing a guy that can help you down the stretch for you. one week. But, again, if it's a must-win week, then those are the type of moves you have to make, unfortunately. Right, and then just hope for the best for the next week. Hobble together right. for the next week. Well, what do you guys think? Is it pitter-patter time to get at her and uh, get to our lineups and see if we can make some of those crazy moves and still sell? I think so. I think that's a great idea. And you were talking about Mr. Dalton Schultz there, Paul. You know, he's even done okay with the other quarterbacks. Do you think Dalton will use him? Because he didn't get used with I'm looking right here at Fantasy Pros. I'm just curious as to where they have him ranked rest of season. Um, I haven't updated this, but let's see here. It's not pretty as far as Dalton Schultz goes. Uh, Logan Thomas. Let's see here. I'm sure he's Logan Thomas is already rostered. But Dalton Schultz is uh, 24th, so he'd be a tight end too. Rest of season, according to Fantasy Pros. But I mean, he's had eight targets, seven targets the last two games. Even the games before that, five and four. I mean, if you're getting that many targets, mm-hmm. I'll take that from a tight end. Absolutely, yeah. He just hasn't he hasn't found the end zone in five straight weeks has been the issue. I mean, that's pretty hard to argue with. And he's got a, a nice, a pretty soft playoff schedule. I mean, week 13, or, you know, that's against Baltimore, but then week 14, Cincinnati, week 15, San Francisco, and then the championship game would be against Philadelphia. So Jimmy Graham had seven targets against the Saints and only two catches. This guy has had his yards, mind you, are only 33, 33, 34, yeah. 31, 13, okay? But he's had five targets, five targets, eight targets, six targets, seven targets. That's what he did with those targets. Man. All those There's TDs nothing. made him look really good early in the year. Well, gentlemen, I was just curious. I enjoyed it tonight. Um, hopefully, we, we can talk next week about our successes of, of the season, and it will be uh, <laughs> more positive than 
like I said, I hope you guys are doing better than me because it. Uh, I'm not hopeful at this point. It's been a little bit of a kick to the gut. So I will. We'll we see. didn't talk about steaks I'll for 45 minutes, Rich, so that's a victory already in itself, right? Yeah, I enjoyed yeah, that yeah, conversation. Yeah. I'm, Good, I can't man. wait to try my first porterhouse. Like, I'm not going to lie. Um, I have a hey. brisket in the fridge right now, and I'm going to try to smoke my very Have you reached out to Mr. Hammerjacks? Because he's like the barbecue, uh, the barbecue king of Twitter, so I imagine that he'd have some – Really good advice, or even our boy CD Piglet. I know he that he just made a uh, what was it? Uh, not pastrami, was it pastrami or a, oh, pastrami, uh, probably pastrami. Yeah. So, or, he, you know, uh, ask him beef. for some for some tips because he's the he's the chef of the ATBT man. So, either one of those guys, I imagine, will be able to give you some some really good tips. Well, I, I did reach out to my – I got a couple of buddies mm-hmm. that swear by the briskets they've done, and we'll see. It may – brisket is intimidating and is the hardest to do, I hear. So I my buddy swears up and down by this one video. It's real basic. In fact, I think the rub on it is nothing but like uh, sea salt, mm-hmm. coarse salt, and uh, pepper. But I'm going to follow the directions on this video. And the pellet grill folks, and hope for the best. Just whenever that we'll thing's done, man, make sure to just smother it in ketchup, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. What? Oh my god! <laughs> what is wrong with you? Are you even human? Um, I am human. Good I'm not Lord. a three-year-old. Well, Jen's stepdad puts ketchup on his steak, and it drives me fucking bonkers. Now he mandates it's got to be well done. But it drives me bonkers, man. I'm like, dude, just just get a shoe, fucking squirt some ketchup on it, and go to town. I'm like, you know, people are like, it's gross. I'm like, you know what? If it's gross, then you don't like steak. And they get all offended. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be mean. But there are literally chefs at restaurants that will not. They will not cook and serve you a steak that's well done. Because they'll tell you that's not how a steak is meant to be done. And therefore, they'll get to you medium. You probably even get medium well, maybe. But they will not do a well-done steak because they're I'm not, not going to eat the waste jerky. of the piece of meat. I'm not trying Find to something jerky. else. My thing is, I, I'm What's not going to eat beef jerky. Like, I exactly. Want yeah, that's the way I look at it. You're right. No, you're 100% mm-hmm. right, Nug. And it's funny because I've met kids where, like, because their mom doesn't like it that way, it's gross. And then they try dads, and they're like, because they're like, oh, we're having steak again. And then they're like, well, try mine, you know. And oh my God, mm-hmm. why does mom eat hers yeah. like that? I don't know. So I'm curious, I, Rich, I has, you, has your father in law come over to your house and you've cooked up some beautiful steaks and he smothered them in ketchup? Okay. No, 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 because what. We'll do that at the mother-in-law's. He doesn't really like the dogs anyway, so they don't come over. We cooked prime rib one time, and unfortunately, I'm the only one that likes it fairly red. So I was shooting for, like, Uh one piece of it being medium rare and the rest of it being medium. Um, Right, you know, which you can do with prime rib because you got the stuff on the edges. Such a big piece of meat, too. Um, Right. Now, her mom swore it was the best piece of meat she'd ever had. And what her mom does to get, so she took the meat to trick him since it was red. 
and soaked it in au jus and served it to him that way, and he didn't know that worked. Right. I, I I don't know why you'd want a steak that way. I mean, get me the crust on the outside. I get it, but I want you know. In all fairness, I'd, I eat my tuna the same way, dude. I will not have mm-hmm. tuna unless it's like seared rare, and it just melts in your mouth. I will. I tell you what. I'd probably rather die of food poisoning by eating something undercooked than eating something overcooked. How fucked up! I don't blame me at all, man. But obviously, you're not you're not talking about chicken. Obviously, (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that's a thing in Japan, like that that it's actually uh, the way the what they feed their chickens and everything that it's like they they can eat it without getting sick, without getting salmonella and everything because of the uh, diet that their chickens are on. What? Yeah, That's yeah. Crazy. Look it up. Really? I mean, I've had raw egg. I'll eat raw egg, but I'd never heard that on. Uh... Mm-hmm. That blows my mind. I thought that, that was pretty really interesting. Blows my mind. That is very interesting. Well, gentlemen, I suppose that's enough about food. <laughs> Although I could talk about. Well, I got days. dinner waiting for. Speaking of which, have you got any praline pecan ice cream down there, Paul? From uh, no, the uh, last uh, bluebell Blue ice cream I had was Christmas cookies, man, and. I think you'd really enjoy it, Rich. I really do. But no, I haven't had pecan pralines. But every time I see it, I'm like, man, I wish I could send this to Rich. Oh, my God. I wish you could send it to me. I really do. I told you what it cost. It was like $60, right? I told you what it cost, though, didn't I? Good night. I thought it was like 120 bucks for four quarts or four half gallons. Uh, I thought it it was a gallon. They come in half gallons, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Is it a gallon? I thought it was a half gallon that they came in. Whatever tub it was, it was Holy four cow, of those dude, that's for 120 bucks. Well, because they, it's because of the packaging. Yeah. They got to put it with yeah, that uh, makes dry sense. ice. If you guys ever yeah, you don't want to hold on to it too ice. long. Yeah, no, I'm just <laughs> you saying. Hold on like, to it you at pick all. Pick it up and drop it immediately. I would say that should, I mean, you'll lose a finger. Just you can do some it. cool like smoke, smoke ring type stuff. You can do some cool shit with it, though. This is very true. Please give the show a follow at ATB underscore fantasy show. You definitely want to follow Paul and Nugget. So give Paul a follow at Paul underscore Ryan 15 and Nugget. You can find on Twitter at Nuggy underscore Wuggy. I'm Rich Boletto, Bodacious Beer for Paul Ryan and Daniel Nugget Martino. Good luck this weekend. Y'all have a good night. Peace. Thank you. Good night, everyone, for Paul Ryan and Daniel Nugget Martino. I'm Rich Maletto, a.k.a. Bodacious Beer. Y'all have a good one. Peace. We gone.